Welcome to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint. Now, let's meet our hosts. Hi, I'm Dana Crawford. And I'm Wayne Jordan. In today's episode, number five of Flip It or Skip It, we'll be talking about comic books. We will. You know, pickers are always on the lookout for comic books to flip, but not all comic books are good flips. Uh, Dana, what's been your experience with flipping comic books? What sort of results have you had? Where do you find them? How do you price them? And where do you sell them? Oh, my goodness. Well, where do you start? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. You want me to go over one at a time? How's that? <laughs> Comic books are tricky, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. deceiving because some of them, it's like a lot of things in the industry where you think, oh, this one's going to sell really well, mm-hmm. and then that one's going to be worthless. And then the mm-hmm. one that you think, oh, nobody's going to want this, that's mm-hmm. the one that's valuable. Do you mm-hmm. ever run into that? Those are the ones I collect. My my really good buy is I flip. That's right. <laughs> my, I collect my failures. That's that's what I collect. But comic books are are tricky in my opinion, and I'm mm-hmm. not an expert by far. But mm-hmm. I got involved with comic books with as a eBay consignment seller. People would ship them to me and ask me to sell them, and then let the research begin. Mm -hmm. So I would start with a pile of comics and look them Mm -hmm. up one by one. Mm -hmm. And you have to research them one by one. You can't just um, put them in a box lot because there could be that one individual one that is worth the most. So you have to research them. And then if the majority of them are not high end, then you could box let them by series or by um, publisher or um, if you have numerical order, that's even better if you can have them in the proper order that they were published. Right. But it's hard. When your consigners send you a stack of comic books, what are their expectations? Because I talk to people often who say, oh, I wish I had these comic books, or oh, comic books are such a good investment, and you can make a lot of money in comic books. And that seems to be the common perception, but that's not really the case when you get down to uh, finding and flipping comic books. Some of them are good and some of them aren't. So what are the expectations of your consigners? Do they think that this is going to be a big buck transaction? (laughs) What do you tell them when you're dealing with them? Right. So the last batch of comic books that I received, um, the person that sent them to me was expecting them to be high end because they were older. So he was expecting them to be high end. However, his research, he was looking up books that were certified. And if they're certified, then they are more valuable sometimes because of their condition. But condition is everything. And a lot of people don't realize how important the condition is because they'll say, oh, I saw this comic book on WorthPoint or on eBay that that sold for, you know, thousands. And so you should be able to get thousands for mine. And then when I open it up, the pages are dark, dark yellow. 
So right. if you have bold white pages inside your comic books, that's going to change everything. And that's hard to do on, on older comic books. Correct. Speaking about uh, yellow pages and, and that sort of thing, that remark lends itself to a conversation on a comic book grading. Mm -hmm. um, let me ask this. Does grading increase the value of the comic book? It just depends. Now, if it, it can get pricey to get your comic books graded. And the mm -hmm. top grader that's well known is CGC, Certified right. Guarantee Company. Right. And it's a pretty easy process. You can ship it to them. Now, I had a gentleman um, years ago send me, well, actually, he was local. He brought them over. And when I looked at them, I I said, you know, Joe, you really got to send these off because one of them was a, a Spider-Man one that I knew if he got that graded because it had pretty white pages. Right. And I said it would just bring up our value. So it would be, you know, $100 versus six, $700. Right. So we, I, he did ship those off and he was nervous, but he packaged them up. It was pretty easy process. And then you just, you know, log into the website and get a, a printing label, a shipping label, and you ship them off. And mm -hmm. then when they came back, he brought them all over to me and then they were sealed and graded mm -hmm. properly. And we did mm -hmm. really well with them. Mm -hmm. However, there were some that even if they were graded, the value just wasn't there. It wasn't worth shipping them off. So right. research is everything. Absolutely mm -hmm. everything. Now, my current comic book collection that I've listed for someone, he does not want to spend any money on grading whatsoever. Right. And that's fine. And however, he had looked, he had researched these comic books and ahead of time, and he put little post-it notes on each one's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of dollars of his estimated value. Right. And then when I looked them up, of course, he's reading graded estimated values. And right. so I had to make a phone call to him and explain that bent pages, bent corners, yellows, um, some stains on the back that looked like mm -hmm. they were burnt. <laughs> you know, right. these right. things all just bring the price down. So I had right. to explain to him. So what I started doing, my little strategy for listing in a situation like this, again, I'm not an expert. Right. When you search on eBay, you can adjust your search not only to sold completed, but you right. can also adjust it to certified and uncertified. Mm -hmm. So when you're doing this research, it's really important to look at both. And right. if I adjust it to uncertified, now I'm going to adjust it to highest price first and see what the highest selling ungraded ones have closed right. at. Right. And then lowest price first, and then take a look at what the lowest ungraded have been selling at with yellowing pages. Right. And now I'm going to put, say, um, buy it now $150 for the highest, right. and then auto accept, auto decline, maybe $28 for the lowest. Now that's a big right. range, but right. in my opinion it protects you and it allows the expert to come in and let them see, cause I'll put 12 photos and show right. as much as you can of close-ups of, of every corner 
of right. the front page and every edge so that they can zoom in and they can say, you know what, I think it's in this this price range. And I've been selling a good $70, $80 for that in-between because they would come in and make an offer. Right. And in my opinion, the the shoppers in the comic book are industry are very fair on eBay. Mm -hmm. They they come mm -hmm. in and make, you know, they don't lowball you on right. on ridiculously low prices. So I've I've had good luck with that strategy. Right. What I'll I'll do in the condition box, I'll put average age wear, C photos. Right. C and, photos. Yes. And then if unless something really stands out like a cigarette burn or if I right. know, if I notice right. um they call them dog ears if the right. the, the pages bent on the corners if that's right. really noticeable otherwise i protect myself with average age wear c photos and mm -hmm. in my experience that's been working so you haven't gotten any disputes of your evaluation from buyers people that didn't want refunds or uh... i have not good there are books i've seen books on self-grading how to self-grade mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. analyze uh, comic books and i would think that for anyone who wants to sell them but doesn't have them professionally graded that it would be handy to have that book i think that having grading systems in place is good i think it's having uh, that having competing grading companies is good but i, I personally don't understand even if that even if they have objective criteria by which to analyze and grade these books, it's still done by people. Uh, people still have their own opinions and eyesight and instincts. So even if you're using an objective grading scale, it's mm -hmm. still being done subjectively. Mm -hmm. And I've heard stories of of people getting back graded comic books and taking them out of the the sealed package which of course voids the grading right but um and then sending them off again to the same company and getting a different grade oh my goodness and if, when you're looking at flaws how do you interpret that particular flaw as to how bad it is uh, there's there's just lots of of issues with grading some fans don't see any value in grading because it emphasizes the book's age and condition and value rather than the art and the storyline mm -hmm. which is what some people collect comic books for right uh important benchmarks like the introduction of a new character or mm -hmm. a particular part of the story art. Uh, those are things that people who collect comic books like. It's, mm -hmm. they, they, like they do it for the art. And then there are others who buy comic books for the purported investment value, which uh, I think is a myth. What do you think about comic books as an investment? I'll tell you what. Why don't you give that a think? Uh, and we will pause right here for a message from our sponsor. WorthPoint helps you make more money by ensuring that every sale brings the profit it should. We take the guesswork out of how much to pay and how high to price. 
The Worth Point Price Guide lists over 500 million items, sold for prices, and photographs. 15 years of antiques and collectibles data. Put simply, WorthPoint helps you make more money. For a 7-day, seven 7-look-up seven free trial, go to worthpoint.com. Welcome back. Uh, we were discussing comic books as an investment, and Dana, you were about to give us your opinion on the subject. Well, I think that if you want to be an investor in comic books, go for it. However, mm -hmm. personally... I only collect dust, but <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and you do it so well. I you know. Have a marvelous I'm so good. Collection of so dust. good. Free with all shipping. <laughs> right. So is it a phase? I don't know. Could it be? Right. Well, I, I, my personal belief is that all of these things exist in a bubble. And there's a time and a place for all of them. I'm old enough to have been in, in business back in the 80s. And the 80s uh, are today seen as almost legendary because the antiques and collectibles business was centered in bricks and mortar stores in various towns. Uh, the dealers controlled the information and they controlled the inventory and they're the ones who did the pricing. That's not the way that it is today. Uh, today, things have changed enough with all of the online selling venues and transparency that's provided by uh, eBay and WorthPoint and, and other online databases. The playing field is level. Mm -hmm. uh, buyers, if they have access to the right information and sufficient information, uh, often no more than dealers. <laughs> So, it, you know, the buyers have more control over the transaction. But you think back to the 80s and back when Victorian furniture was popular and they always sold well at auctions. Dealers, floor space was filled with them. Today, you can't give that stuff away. Mm -hmm. I think about uh, other collectibles like uh, Beanie Babies or Madame Alexander dolls, that kind of thing. There are little pockets where those things are will still bring good prices, but for the most part, those prices have just crashed. Right. And I wonder about uh, collectibles in general, because the big bucks in selling these things, like the the action comics introduction of Superman that you mentioned, it went for $3 million. That kind of money is attained at auction. And people say, well, I, you know, gee, I had that one of those and I paid 12 cents for it back in 1960. And I still have it and it's in great condition. And now I've got one just like that. And it's, so mine is worth $3 million. Well, it's not. Uh, when you buy something like that in auction, let's say you go into an auction, uh, whether it's online or live, and you've got $10,000 that you want to play with and see if you can leverage that $10,000 into some, some bigger money. Well, right off the bat, with the, the, the buying load, which by which I mean buyer's premium and sales tax and shipping, if shipping is involved, all those kind of things, is going to run 25 or 30%. So that means you're restricted to bidding by, you can only bid as high as $7,000 because you're going you're gonna to spend $10,000 with all those other charges. But You'll only get net back something that's that sold at auction for seven thousand, 
And then how long do you have to hold it? The longer you hold collectibles and comic books and and so on, the more fees you accrue because you need to have them insured and you need to have them stored in a safe deposit box or in one of these places that runs investment funds and we'll, we'll take care of it and insure it and keep it clean and dusted and all that sort of thing. But the longer you have it, the more the expenses are. Then when you sell it, the auction house that sells it's going to want a percentage uh, as well. And then once you sell it, whatever profit you get is subject to capital gains tax. The long-term comparison between investing in collectibles like art and antiques, collectibles, comic books, that sort of thing, if you go back 50 years and, and average out the past 50 years, the stock market edges out art by just a little bit. And when I say art, I'm meaning collectibles and antiques and that sort of thing. If you go back 25 years, still the stock market edges out art. In 10 years, the stock market does better. Uh, but it's only been in the past, say, 5 to 10 years where collectibles have outperformed the stock market. But on average, the stock market is a better investment than uh, art and antiques and, and collectibles. And from my standpoint, if I'm going to invest my money and get roughly the same return, I'm going to invest it in companies, companies that can provide jobs and infrastructure mm-hmm. and taxes to the government, that sort of thing, rather than putting a comic book in a, in a safety deposit box. There are lots of other issues and and it should be clear by now that I'm very opinionated about this. <laughs> I, I enjoy comic books. So to this day, investing is not my thing and not investing in, in collectibles anyway. That was great information, by the way. <laughs> that was seriously great information. Oh, well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. Yes. I was just getting wound up. That was good. But bottom line is if I'm out and about and and I'm at um, a garage sale, for example, we have a lot of those in Florida year round. Right. right. And if I'm at a garage sale and someone has a stack of stack of comic books, I won't spend the time to go through them all. My first reaction will be how much do you want for all of them? Right. And then I'll deal with it when I get home. And then if they don't want too much, then I'll just buy the whole stack. But if they do want too much, then then I'll spend some time, get out my phone app and go in the corner and start looking them up. And then and then also ask them how much for each individual one and see if they've done their research. (laughs) Right. If they say, well, some of them are worth more than others. And I'll say, oh, which ones do you have in mind? You know, what are the prices? And then you can kind of feel out the seller to see if they've done their homework. And then if they have, then I'm probably going to walk away. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Unless, because they've already had, or I'll say, has anybody looked through these yet? I'm sure right. um, my husband does that when he's buying record albums. He'll say, has anybody mm-hmm. gone through these yet? And, mm. and then, of course, you know that the they've been picked through, then right. the good stuff's gone. But right. if I see them in a, in a, like Goodwill, for example, sometimes Goodwill will have um, a comic book behind the glass. You know, like they've, they've, somebody's evaluated it and they think it's high end. So they'll have it behind the, the counter. Right. And so you have to go up and ask. And then when they tell you how much it is, then, of course, you want to check your app. Mm-hmm. And then to make the decision if you should 
be able to flip it. So you don't want to you don't want to buy it. You want to skip it if they've right. done their research many times. So right. it's it's a learning process, but it's a fun adventure, in my opinion, to to seek out and research items, right. no matter what the item is. But comic books are challenging. They they definitely are challenging mm -hmm. to research. But as long as you understand the difference between certified and uncertified, then you'll know and and understand which ones are to flip or skip. And it's a fun it's a fun hobby. It's a fun thing to do. But I found that rather than than buying collectibles and and holding them and paying high acquisition costs at auction and getting the, you know getting hit with instant depreciation from buyer buyers premiums and then trying to resell them at auction and and paying fees i found that it's it suits my style much better to find something and flip it quickly to put it yeah. on ebay or or the next time i'm in an adjacent town to take this uh, whatever I've got into an antique store and, and double my money within sure. a week. That's the kind of thing that I like about mm -hmm. this. I mean, pickers and flippers and eBay sellers, pardon my English, but them's my people. <laughs> you know? uh, we love it. That's right. And <laughs> I, I just think that that is a much better way to make money uh, out of comics and mm -hmm. any kind of collectible is mm -hmm. to flip it, flip it quickly. Don't don't hold it and wait for the market to go up. Or you could find out you've got a closet full of Madame Alexander dolls or yeah. Beanie Babies. You know, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, get the money when you can get the money. And if you can, do if you start with a thousand dollars of inventory, well, in a month to three months, somewhere in there, if you if you do it correctly. You can double that. Then you've got two. You can spend two thousand dollars. You'll never get that kind of return by holding on to it. That's uh, right. I've, but you can you can double, triple your money or better if you're flipping. So flipping is the way to go with these. And of course, like anything else, you need to know uh, what you're doing. And there sure. are lots of websites about mm -hmm. collecting comics. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of books have been written and buyer's guides and how to evaluate. And once you do as much as you can do, as you pointed out, if you've got something that really looks like it's got the potential to bring some big bucks, then you do need to get it graded. You need to get it certified because the only way you're going to get big bucks uh, is with some kind of certification. One other thing I wanted to point out is on WorthPoint, um, there's more to selling online than eBay. So, for example, at WorthPoint, they have all these data partners, and there are several in the database that take comic books on consignment. Mm -hmm. So you can go in there and take a look around at the data partners, and you know you could reach out and contact them because you may benefit from having them sell them for you versus listing them yourself on eBay. So you might want to check right. that. Absolutely, because the data partners are are vetted. Yes, you know they're they're uh, professionals with established reputations, and you don't have to worry about taking your 
collectibles, comic books, that sort of thing to, say, a local consignment shop that could be out of business in six months. Right. Or don't send them to me. (laughs) Because, I mean, I'll be honest with you, um, they're... You know, unless they're graded and they're high end, I personally don't like messing with them. Right. Personally. And right. so I I have no problem with recommending them to the data partners like Hakes Auctions or, right. you know, there's several in, in the database over there at right. Worth Point that you could right. reach out to. Good advice for those who want to sell their collectibles, flip their collectibles, flip their collectible comic books. Well, Danny, here we here we are at the end of episode five. Yes. Hasn't this been an adventure? It has. So flip it good. Do That's do right. Do do. Flip it for real. Okay. Well, uh, it's uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we hope that you can join us again next week. Uh, I'm having a lot of fun doing this, and uh, I hope you're getting something good out of it. Dana, until yes. next week. Absolutely. Take care. Flip it good. That's right. You've been listening to Flip It or Skip It, brought to you by WorthPoint.com, the world's largest antiques and collectibles pricing and research database. Buy right, sell right, and profit more with WorthPoint.com.